When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I definitely have cranked it to Gina Smart. Believe I have. Dave Song! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is... Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. And I'm here. Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time, same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. But you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for The Rundown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rundown. Pinsong! My name is Adam. I'm your host, Jason. This here. What's up, buddy? Titties! What's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, just I wasn't banging here. all the catchphrases right off the bat. I figure I'll just get all of it right out of the way now, so we don't have to worry about it later. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I haven't been here. I wasn't here last week, unfortunately. It was just an overwhelming day. Uh, but I am back this week, and... I want to heap some praise upon my son's AAU team. They played their Memorial Day tournament. They played, uh, what was it? Like, something like eight games in three days. Uh, they went undefeated. Uh, Jackson pitched three of those games, won all three of them, and had the walk-off hit in the championship game. So, Goddamn, uh, hell of a fucking weekend for that kid. Uh, really proud of him. Good job, Jackson. And our town ball team went 15 and 0, finished the regular season undefeated, and we start playoffs Thursday, weather permitting. Uh, so looking to get a championship there, and then this weekend AAU playoff and championship. So it's gonna be a busy goddamn week. Uh, I took I took Friday and Monday off from work, if that tells you anything. Uh, but uh, but I am here tonight because this is probably the last night of the week I have any free time. So I am here. We do um, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, it was hell trying to come up with two premium live events uh, and do all that stuff last weekend, but I still managed to pull it all off, and I am still here to talk about it. I can tell you for sure, though, I did not watch Baron Corbin versus Madcap Moss, and that had nothing to do with time constraints. <laughs> we'll get into that momentarily. Sal is here as well. What's up, Sal? Hey, so good to see you guys. It's been uh, busy for me as yes, well. Yes, And, uh, yeah, watching two pay-per-views this weekend was definitely a difficult task. <laughs> two premium, premium live events. Live events. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, just to send a little, just a little correction, I believe it's premium live No, it's not, though. No, you've never said it like that one. No, no, no. 
Still sounds cheap even if it's worse. Um, yeah, I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't watch in your house because I was in Vermont at a wedding. Hey, you didn't someone else's house. No, we were actually we stayed in an Airbnb. You, um, <laughs> so you were actually in your house. It was just not the your of the pay per view. No, my uh, uh, my wife's cousin got married this weekend, so we're up in uh, we're up in Stowe at uh, not to I her co- other cousin, right? No, because it is Vermont, so we got to be specific. To what I can only I'm assume, just kidding. I love you, Vermont. What I can only assume was a very expensive wedding venue. My uh, favorite people here. <laughs> oh, I think Canada's got them beat. Canada's got nobody beat on anything. Except Hockey. Universal Healthcare. Really? And, who's, who's in the Eastern Conference Finals, Sal? Uh, I don't know, but I know Edmonton's in the Western Conference one, even though they're almost swept. Except they lost yesterday. Oh, they so they lost, they did get swept. You know who they fucking lost to? They lost to Colorado, motherfucker. And you know who's in the Eastern Conference? New York and Tampa Bay. There are zero fucking Canadian teams going to be in the Stanley Cup. So don't feed me this fucking Canadian hockey bullshit myth that's been going on for years. Let's go. <laughs> Sure, I'll take your word for it. I'm riled up, my friend. I got two weeks worth of yelling at Sal. <laughs> yeah, but you can't yell at me about hockey. I don't fucking know anything about hockey. Wayne Gretzky's still though. playing. I don't, I don't. I haven't watched a second of playoff hockey this year. And usually, I really enjoy playoff hockey, but yeah, there has not been any time for me to watch anything. I have watched the Celtics. I'm enjoying that for the most part. Oh, last hmm. game two notwithstanding. But did you see? I saw on Facebook. A dude who got a 2022 championship banner tattooed on his arm. Oh, on his arm. <laughs> and I just, I, it was just one of those, uh, one of those memes where it's just a picture of the guy and then a pull quote from the article. And it's like, I got a good feeling. I'm like, I fucking hope so. Well, you can always tattoo over it with, and then just put another year later, I suppose. Why does that banner say, why no forever? <laughs> Um, actually, one of the Celtics players way back in, in, was it 2008 when they actually won it? When did Jason Terry get his little, um, Larry O'Brien trophy tattooed on his arm? Was that the year we won it? No, I think that was the year we lost to the Lakers in the finals. Oh, in the, in 2010. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, because Jason Terry was the Ray Allen replacement. Yep, so. yep. So there's, uh, this precedent for people doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. Especially with tattoos. Yep. But there's there's always been precedent of people getting stupid tattoos. Well, sports related. But we are. This, but the Celtics did manage to take one of two on the road in the finals, which is really all you want to do. I mean, people will focus on the fact that Game Two was an ugly loss, but really they only need to win one, and they did. So now they come home, but they haven't been quite as good at home. So I'm not sure who the edge goes to at this point. But uh, I know oh, what I'm rooting for, so I'll give the edge to the Celtics. Uh-huh. Both teams got a lot of talent, and both teams can go on these amazing scoring runs. But yep. man, uh, it's tough looking across the court and seeing Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and all these people that can just put in forty points a quarter. Like you know what? You know what's funny though is that, the, and this is sort of a Boston sports thing: is we never give our own players enough credit. Like. People around the country, it's like, yeah, Steph Curry's probably the best player in the series, but Wait, the next four moment. best players are probably on the Celtics. So here's the problem, right? 
give or take a given night. Sometimes, sometimes. Have you Clay Thompson play at all this season? Yeah, well, he's the not the Clay Thompson you remember. He's he's getting better as the season goes on, considering no, he's he didn't not. considering he no, didn't start uh, the year, right? He was still right, in the but he's not list. getting better. He uh, looks washed. You're talking about a guy who's coming off two consecutive missed seasons with ACL tears. True. Hey, he looks washed AF. Now I say that he's probably going to go off tomorrow night. And yeah, thanks. That's just thanks, but, buddy. <laughs> um. But, you know, and the Celtics, for, the, for their part, if Robert Williams is healthy, this is probably a completely different series because he doesn't look anything like himself. Yeah. But we've gone scoring from so many places. Jalen Brown, Derek White. Marcus Smart hasn't even arrived in this series yet. He hasn't even had... Well, he's been he's been often injured these playoffs. Right, but we haven't even seen anything significant from him yet. So people, like the Golden State fans couldn't, couldn't jerk off fast enough to the idea that, oh, well, you're not going to get Al Horford to get 26 every night and blah, blah, blah. And that's great. You think Jason Tatum's going to play like shit every game of the series? Because no. I'm willing to bet that he's going to have a good game somewhere along the way. I'm willing to bet that Jason, uh, that Jalen Brown is going to have some games where he's not just scoring in the first quarter. I'm willing to bet Marcus Smart is going to have some games where he's good. And Draymond Green bragging about how he doesn't get calls from against him from the officials is probably not going to help his case in game three. No, probably in Boston. Um, their their problem has been the third quarter. I don't know what it is, but they have come out. Well, the Warriors are flat. traditionally and always have been under Steve Kerr a fantastic third quarter team, making those adjustments at halftime. But they weren't so good in the fourth quarter the other day. So I don't know. Adam, what are your thoughts on this? The Red Sox are finally over 500. It's about fucking time. <laughs> yeah, but they're already losing two to nothing. So. They certainly are. Ah. <laughs> it's a long so season. So they're about to just wipe that away in one day. In an update to Mike's saga from last week, I do want to tell you guys that I did pass my road test this morning. See, your boy Ooh. is step fan certified now, uh, which comes with a nice dollar an hour raise. So Nice. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So is is only oh, took three fucking weeks. Did so? Did your van dad marry a different van mom? <laughs> what are you doing, step van? Yeah. <laughs> is your step van stuck in the washing machine? Oh my god. Before we get into uh, the wrestling conversation, uh, quick <laughs> quick shout out to Troy who's taking a hiatus for uh, dealing with some personal issues. Uh, we love you, buddy. Your chair is waiting for you when you come back, uh, whenever that might be. Um, where should we start? Do you just want to jump into those premium live events, or do you want to start with uh, the, the, the notable goings-on on AEW this week? Or Actually, you know what? That's an interesting thing. Can I, uh, can I take a little bit of a segue here, um, a little bit of a sidestep, if you will, because I wasn't here last week, so I didn't get to really talk about anything that happened at Double or Nothing. So um, I know we're a week out from that, but I did have a couple things that I wanted sure. To, sure, sure. to bring up about that. Um, because first off, and it was stark watching a WWE Premium Live event this week after watching, and I I'm, keep calling it that. I'm just, I want to call it pay-per-view just because it's easier. Um, but it's, it's yeah, such he, a stark contrast watching that he, and how... Looks- how smooth and professional the matches look, and then watching Double or Nothing and seeing 
that might have been the most botch-filled pay-per-view they've ever done. I mean, we're talking about guys just straight, guys and girls just straight falling down doing Boston craps. Like, <laughs> complete inability sure. to keep your feet, stay on, just springboard off the ropes, to land on your feet. It was just, it was a fucking mess. And that's not to say the matches weren't good, like, overall, but there were a ton of fucking missed spots on that show. More so than I remember on any single show that I've watched pay-per-view-wise from them so far. So we're not headed in the right direction in that regard. Um, but the thing I really wanted to talk about was um, the decision to put the title on CM Punk. Now, I know there's some updates to that situation. We'll talk about those in a little bit. But you guys had a conversation about whether that was the right move, I think. I believe it was you guys talking about that last week. Um, and this is, to me where this company has a problem because CM Punk is a hero to the ostracized WWE wrestling fans. Sure. The owner of that company is an ostracized WWE fan. Sure. That's why CM Punk has the title. Not because he deserves it, not because he should have it, not because he's increasing buy rates, not because he's the best in ring performer. He has that title because Tony Khan is a fan. And that's the problem. And, and actually, the ironic part being that that's actually what MJF said in his promo this week. And he was 100% right. Tony Khan should be sitting in the, in the stands because that's how he runs his company. Like a fan, not like a businessman. What is the benefit already to putting the title on CM Punk? You have it on Hangman Page who's a guy who could be a star in your company for years to come. CM Punk is going to be here, what, two, three years, maybe? He brings in the fans that he brings in. He doesn't grow the business. He's not going to be the face of this company long term. But yet, the second he came in, you couldn't get that title off Hangman Page fast enough. You finished the story with Omega because you sort of had to, but the first chance you really got to put it on CM Punk, you did it. And I think that's on Yeah, I mean, well, Punk's only going to be there for two or three years, so you got to do it now because you're not going to be able to do it later. You don't need to do it but at all because I here's know, the thing, and we talk about this all the time, when people talk about why somebody should have a title. There are guys, CM Punk doesn't need the title. His matches already feel important to those fans. His matches are already a must-see for those fans. His matches are already marquee events because of who he is. That's almost like setting yourself up with a second main event, because you can have the heavyweight title match and then the CM Punk match, and you've got two matches that draw on the card. It's like The Undertaker at Mania. Right. You don't... The Undertaker, the Undertaker wasn't WWE Champion very often, because he didn't need to be. He, he was, was a draw without on his title. own. Right. Um, so, so a couple things about that, because... I had mentioned last week, as a CM Punk fan, I had never seen him have such a bad match. And this was at the pay-per-view. We're not going to talk about... Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about it, probably. <laughs> no, right now, I'm not talking about him, you know, fucking himself up uh, on, on Dynamite. No, at the pay-per-view, he looked awful. Now, now, as somebody who has continued to watch WWE for decades, I can tell you that there was a point during the streak, I think it was 2015, where I didn't want to see the streak anymore because that wasn't The Undertaker. He was a shell of himself. 
You know, I think he had a, a stretch where he fought Bray, Shane, and, and Roman, and it was terrible. And um, that's essentially, in this situation, they, they put the title on Punk in, in that uh, same vein. Like, like a guy who's broken down in his mid-40s, can't do the moves anymore, definitely can't go 25 to 30 minutes, and you just made him your champion. Now, all of that seems to be a moot point because apparently he's injured, but... But he's still going to be the champion. We're going to have an end. Yeah, champion. which also oh. doesn't make sense because after seeing the match at Double or Nothing, dude, there's your ripcord, Tony Khan. Bail out. Take the title off of him. He's Fuck. a fan. And it's funny because one of the first things, and this is a soundbite we always go back to, was JR talking about Aubrey Edwards not ending a match which should have been a disqualification. Well, well, she's a fan. Tony Khan is a fan. Yeah. And that's the problem. Vince doesn't run his company believe, like a fan of his product. He runs I his company. He's a fucking mark. Yes. That too. <laughs> but that's the problem. And that's why I, I really struggle to see long-term success for this company. Like, they, they might end up like impacts hanging around for 20 years, but I sure. don't think they're going to, they haven't grown in three. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, right? Half the time in wrestling, you get either the owner who's a billionaire who doesn't know anything about wrestling, Dixie Carter, and she's just like, yeah, whatever these people tell me, bring in Hulk Hogan in 2010? Sure, why yeah. not? Or you get these people like Tony Khan, who, again, I go back to the Dan Snyder analogy. He's an obsessed mark. And the minute Punk signed, I was like, oh, he's going to put the belt on him. 100%. The, yeah. the downfall to Impact, as it continued to grow and, and and become its own, sort of getting a lot of hype, and was their belief that Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff were still a factor in professional wrestling at that time. In the same way, Tony Khan's belief in CM Punk is going to be a problem for them. What I don't understand, too, and because we've all watched Impact back in the day, they tried that initially. They brought in Randy Savage. They brought in Kevin Nash. It did nothing for their product. What got them buzz was the X Division. And some of the tag teams over there. And and the the six-sided ring. Sure. There was lots of things that made Impact stand out, but then... And the second Hogan came in, first thing he did was get rid of all of those things. Yep. Yeah. They had 100%. a great tag team division. That was one of their that was one of their selling points. Ironically, mm-hmm. a similar case that people try to make for AEW. Look at the last pay-per-view when two non-tag teams were challenging for a non-tag team for the title. Yeah. Um, but they did, then Hogan came in and separated, split up all the tag teams for storyline purposes. Yeah. Decided Lacey Von Erich was the new face of the women's division because she was hotter than everybody else. Oh, they took they, that away, too, because Impact was known as the place for women wrestling. Right. They went to mud mud wrestling matches, and they and they got rid of the six sided ring. So, and, and by the way, it took the title immediately off of AJ Styles to put it on Rob Van Dam because he was the latest ex WWE guy. And for years, we've said Impact on Impact, but the problem with Tony Khan's company, he can buy whatever he wants. He can buy ROH. He can make these deals with New Japan. It's not doing anything 
No. It's but not a, growing but, the audience. No, but this is what I'm saying. He's running this company like a fan who's got a toy box full of new toys to play with, and he can't. Mm-hmm. He can't. He has. He has some sort of like wrestling ADD where he's like, oh, I want that. Oh no, no, I'm done. Oh nope, that. Oh, that's over there. Oh, that, that like that. Oh no, and he can't keep his shit together. He does. He can't figure out whether he wants Daniel Bryan and John Moxley to be a tag team or if they're singles wrestlers. Right. He can't figure out if the Young Bucks are heels or faces. It, week to week, it changes. There's no fucking continuity in this company. And people will tell you about long-term storytelling. They lucked into some of that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But but I got to tell you, I watch a guy like Cody and how his presentation has been in WWE since his return versus how it was in AEW, and I can see the difference in the guys running the company. I... I'm so, I don't want to say surprised, because I've watched this business for a long time, but I am taken aback of how much I've been enjoying Cody in WWE versus where I was six months ago. You mean when you said he'll never be a big star in WWE? I couldn't stand him. And you called it out. You said, don't let your recency bias, you know, affect the, the your opinion on the performer. And it's mm-hmm. true. But his storylines and his performances in AEW, his last six months, were shit. Ever mm-hmm. since Anthony Agogo, it was the, the shit, the drizzling mm-hmm. shit. And I hated it. I hated seeing him on TV. And now he it's like night and day. I, the only time he felt important towards the end of his run, really, was the initial start of the feud with Aleister Black. I was going to say when Black. Malachi Black attacked. And then after that, it sort of just fell off. And Malachi Black himself has fallen off. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's... Cody's presentation is the greatest example of the difference between how one company builds wrestlers that they like to have fun watching wrestle versus one company that wants to build megastars. Speaking of presentation, and we're going to talk about this more when we talk about the WB pay-per-views, I noticed... Um, excuse me? Uh, <laughs> PLEs. Um, I noticed when I was watching these, these events, um, something an athlete gets tested for, for better, for better or worse, I'm on my phone more often while watching the WWE product. Now that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just, it's, I know when the finish is coming. Mm -hmm. I know kind of where the rest holds are and you know, Mm -hmm. it's very safe. It's a very predictable style. I can't I, do that with a dynam with an AEW show, because okay. yeah, I might miss somebody break their neck. Their fucking neck. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, do, do, do you want to know the real reason that 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 sort of um, opposition exists between those two? And I actually had this this thought the other day. In WWE, we've been conditioned to know and understand that the in ring action is secondary to the storyline. So as long as you're following the storyline and you know, I find myself watching promos yep. and segments more than I do matches sure. in WWE 100%. for that very reason. I know that's where the story's actually going to get developed and something's actually going to happen. Right. Um, versus AEW where the focus is the in-ring and the storylines are off in crap. So I can tune out of a storyline and watch the match and watch for the, for the in-ring action. So that's true. I think that's, that's where that difference exists. I have watched SmackDown and Raw sparingly the past two months. 
mm-hmm. and I have not missed a beat when it came time there, for the for the main shows. For the there are still bands. a handful of guys in WWE whose matches come on, and I will stop actively stop what I'm doing and watch their matches. Uh, Roman Reigns being one, Kevin Owens being another, now Cody being being one. Um, but the large majority, Riddle is another guy I love to watch his matches. Um, but the large majority of them, eh. yeah. It, and know. it's not that they're not talented, because they're, I, for my money, it's the most talented roster they've ever had. It's just I've been conditioned as a fan of this product for a long time to know that the matches don't matter. And right. I know this because 90% of them are going to end in a disqualification or a run-in or a count-out or some bullshit. I was going to say, especially me. certain matches. You know, there are certain matches, especially week to week, that they'll put on at 8.40 on Raw, and you're just like, yeah, I can watch but, this on two times fast-forward. But when a segment with, a, with something like Judgment Day comes on this week, I'm conditioned to know I need to watch this because something might happen. Speaking of conditioned, they are now using that 10 o'clock countdown for things other than Cody. I know they were calling it the Cody countdown for a while. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't hate it. I think it's mm-hmm. smart. It's like, oh, Judgment Day is going to be on at 10? Cool. I know that's when I have to pay attention. Well, that's when their that's when their ratings typically fall off. So they want to make sure you know what's going to be there, so that you don't tune out. It's not it's not bad business. No, you know it is. A but it's also show. But you know what else it is. It's 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 what AEW does in terms of, and to Troy's point on on NXT the last episode, um, building the next week's show with this week's show. Sure. And that's sort of the, that's sort of them building the end of this show at the beginning of this show. I'd like to see them do more long-term building, but you know, at least it's something. I know we do have a lot of things to talk about tonight. I did briefly want to bring up MGF promo. Um, I was very entertained watching his promo on Dynamite. I thought he put in a great performance. Was it a yeah. part I've seen played before? Many times. Uh, almost down to the letter. <laughs> to the point where they cut the mic at the end. But um, he put on a great performance, so I'll give him that. Uh, and now they're doing actually what they're supposed to do. They're removing him from the website and you know all this other stuff. So we'll see where it goes. Here's the problem. I agree with you. I thought his promo was really good the problem was and this sort of speaks to what you were talking about on last week's show his promo shouldn't have been on this week he should have gone several weeks without being seen or mentioned on tv my first note my first note from his segment was uh is it not injured from 10 power bots yeah didn't he get yeah. stretched out yeah i actually thought the exact same thing because all they did was take any realism any any you know, self-doubt, not self-doubt, re- uh, benefit of the doubt that the fans had that there might be some reality to this mm-hmm. angle and completely blow it away by and having it out on TV the next week. But what have you said time and time again, Jason? They don't let shit breathe. Exactly. Right. And that's just the latest, greatest example of that. Because yeah. here's the thing, you had the out. You had Wardlow squashed him. Yeah, and then they stretched him out. So you have the out. Squashed that, oh, him shit, so bad he was breathing through his eyeballs. Yeah, the company fucking buried him, and now we haven't seen him on TV in months. That's the fucking story. 
all you had to do was just not blow your wad the very next fucking show. <laughs> and Tony Khan yeah, couldn't do it. He just ago. can't do it. And it didn't work. It no, didn't get it didn't. them over a million because like it was by, supposed to. By him, not even, I'm not even worried about the number. I'm just talking about the storyline itself. By him appearing, you almost negated everything you did at Double or Nothing. Right. Because you just told us this was all bullshit from the start. And by the way, you also showed that you're completely willing to fuck over your fan base to get a storyline over. Yeah. Not a great look for business either. No. No. It's... What are your What are your thoughts uh, on? Because again, you weren't here last week. Your, your thoughts on on that? Them pulling him out of the various reasons that were given for them pulling him out of the, the fan fest okay. and. So I liked it at first because I grew up in the era of Brian Pillman. Right. And mm-hmm. that great sort of shoot. Um, work that they had going, which actually eventually ended him up in WWE because Bischoff was an idiot. Um, but they had the potential to do that. They had the potential for Tony Khan to come out and say, you know, all Tony Khan had to do, here's, here's what he had, here's how you do this story, right? You have MJF miss it. You let the fucking dirt sheets run with it. You have Tony Khan comes out before the show and says, listen, there's an ongoing negotiation. What I can tell you is that MJF is contractually obligated to appear, and he will be fined, suspended without pay, and we will find, you know, it's something like that. Come out with that, that, a, that an owner would do to a player in the NFL who decided not to show up. All you had to do. And then he comes out, and he does the squash, and even have you could even have him do the fucking Morrison, not the, the Austin Aries no-sell. Yeah, he gets get up, up right after the three, bombs, he just walks up, up. Right away and walk away and fucking storm off. Mm-hmm. Then he disappears for mm-hmm. at least a month. Then a month it's and believable. a half. Now you have the fans. Now you have them in the palm of your fucking hand. But you couldn't hold off. Right. To the point. Not. You just couldn't help yourself. To that point, when these rumors started coming out on Saturday that he, that he skipped a, uh, a meet and greet. I instantly thought it was a work. I was like, Tony Khan is actually doing something smart. He's going to generate interest in this pay-per-view. And he did. It worked. People didn't know what was going to happen when MJF's music started playing. I thought they were going to take it the whole night. I thought they were going to take it one step further. He was going to come out there. The bell was going to ring. He was going to pull a Jeff Jarrett and lie down. Yeah. That would have been insane. People would have lost their fucking minds. Yep. After the Tony Khan, he must contractually appear. We're right. going to find him or right. sue him or whatever. And then, you, you know, um, that's why this company's in the trash. <laughs> whatever it takes to get it over. But, but you had it. You had it and you couldn't hold off. And that's the problem with this company. It's like, oh, we got CM Punk. We got to put the title on him. Oh, we got Daniel Bryan. We got to put him in the room with Kenny Omega. It's like they can't fucking wait on anything. They can't let anything develop organically. It's the same thing I've been saying since day one. It hasn't gotten any better, and this is just the latest, greatest example of that. Yeah. Tony's next best idea is never booked for three months down the road. Oh. No, Tony's next best idea is probably going to be on Rampage. Like, that's how they do oh, it. Oh, wait. Dante Martin got a great reaction on Rampage? Fuck, he should fight Hangman Page for the championship on Dynamite. Right. What? <laughs> oh, and <laughs> I forgot to mention this last week, but it does have to be mentioned. Again, these are some of my favorite wrestlers that are that are signed to AEW. Hearing Daniel Bryan in the camera scream, 
now I'm going to kick his fucking head in, was decently funny. That aside, that's the problem. I cherry-picked... Yeah, well, I cherry-picked these (laughs) moments, and that's, like, the most that this company offers sometimes. That that, uh, Anarchy in the Arena match was absolute shit. Like, that match set wrestling back years that Did was you fucking see, awful. That uh, was outlaw mud show bullshit. Matt Menard was bleeding within like ten seconds, like a mess, like bleeding like a. Well, mess. I mean, dude, I, honestly, I and I think I put this in the host thread as I was watching the show, and you guys I think had already seen it at that point. Was just, it, everyone comes out wearing white. Like I fucking wonder why. Like what the fuck is going to happen? It's going to take thirty seconds before someone's bleeding buckets. And Didn't I wasn't that wrong. asshole do that in Blood and Guts? Yeah. When, he, when they went against the Pinnacle, yeah. he had the the inner circle yeah. dressed in all white. I thought it was the pinnacle that was all white, and the inner circle was dressed in those... Oh, those jumps. stupid Austin vests? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but they were still all yeah. white, because they were going to... I was going to say, but you still... Uh, yeah. The... That's, I mean, that's that's a I led, that's a well-known thing in the business. If you're going right. to bleed a ton, wear white, because it stays and shows. Yeah. By the way, update on that last week, I said, as we talked about, as we were going through the show, I only watched about half of it. And said, uh, based on the, the recap that we did, I probably wouldn't go back and watch the rest of it. And I haven't. So. Can't say I blame you. I mean, the tag match was fun, but it was just spot fest. And even that yeah. got botchy, which was sad, because the people in that match typically aren't botchy. Which tag match are you talking about? The triple threat tag match with uh, uh, Jurassic Express and Ricky Starks and Hobbs and... Had- no fucking interest in that. I, I just don't find any of those tag teams compelling as a tag team. I think we're spending our entire point of our tag team champions is to set up for Jungle Boy to be a singles wrestler. Yeah. Basically, the entire reason this team exists. Um. Explain to me what happened in that uh, six man in that trios match with the House of Black and, and the Death Triangle because it was a mess and I didn't think it was going to be. I thought these guys know what they're doing typically. I mean, sure, you got Ray Phoenix. That's a loose cannon. But, like, I was looking forward to Pac and and, and uh, Buddy Matthews and, you know, Aleister Black and Penta and those combinations. Those types of matches, you have to really know how to work those types of matches. Those trios matches where there's really no tags and it's in and out and it it can be when it's good it can be very entertaining but when it's off and some people aren't ready for that style it can look like a fucking mess yeah and it did it really did Evan did you have any other thoughts on double nothing overall uh not that I think of or anything specific I thought Serena Deeb and, and Thunder Rosa was good until the finish or until the sharpshooter but <laughs> um. Was there ever any point during that match where you thought Serena Deeb was going to win? No. There was no point during the the TBS title match either. (laughs) Right, exactly, yeah. Um, Which, again, also just a fucking mess. Um, Listen, I know Jay Cargill is the first African-American champion in the history of professional wrestling, but (laughs) at least according to her. Um, which shows you... Now, here's the thing, right? The, the, the internet fans love to jump on every fucking... 
Oh God, who was it that said something stupid about wrestling history and they like just fucking relentlessly jumped down her throat and never let her forget it? Um, I forget it, but there was something. Like if a WWE, like let's say Naomi, said that statement, what do you think the internet fans would do? They rip her apart. Absolutely. So when we complain that AEW and their talent are not held to the same standards as WWE, that's all you need to know right there. That and Mark Henry gets paid more than MJF to once a week go, well, that's enough talk, and it's time for our main event. Um. Hey, hey, hey. So I don't even blame Jade for the comment she made in the interview because she doesn't wrestling she has no fucking idea as far as she knows she is the first black champion that's probably what they told her the first black champion in AEW yeah exactly like if you were if that was the if there had never been another black champion in AEW and I could sit there and go okay that's what she meant I know it but fucking Scorpio Sky was the first tag team champion yeah I'm going to drop all the bottle caps tonight because Troy's not on the yell at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think I, it's, uh, I, unless something comes up organically, that's, that's, I didn't have anything off the top of my head that, uh, else that I want to talk about from Double or Nothing. But. All right. I want to so say this look, about the CM Punk oh, situation. Sure. I, I appreciate, I, I can understand and appreciate the whole, we're not going to take the title off the champion, so we're, we're going to do an interim champion thing. Because, well, we haven't even actually covered the story yet, but okay. So well, we, we kind of talk about it. Well, for those who don't know, CM Punk won the championship uh, and then wrestled on Dynamite, fucked himself up, and apparently now needs surgery on his foot, I believe they said. He broke a bone in his foot trying to do a dumb so, spot. So he's going to be out for a couple itself. months because he's a pussy. Cody can wrestle with a fucking <laughs> but more on that yeah. later. Um but so they're going to have CM Punk is not going to forfeit the title. Yeah, which uh, which the Excalibur made very made sure to say very point very pointedly after that segment. Okay, now go ahead when, an, when announcing the battle royal. Um, it's the most convoluted I, way to it really is. But I can appreciate that because it's you're not just taking the title off the champion. The champion when when Punk comes back, he's going to fight whoever the interim champion is to determine the actual champion. So. It's still, it's like the, the champion isn't losing just because they're, they're injured. But like you said, the way that this is being, the way that this is playing out is the weirdest fucking thing. And I don't even remember all the details of it. I'd have to go back in the host and try to find the goddamn thing. But we're going to have a battle royal on Dynamite, and then the winner of the battle royal. The winner of the battle royal is going to be the new Moxley. interim champion, right? Nope. Oh, well. The winner of the Battle Royal is going to face John Moxley because John Moxley is the number one contender. I thought Wardlow was the number one contender. No, John Moxley won a match last week, so we just haven't updated it yet. Okay, so, so, be... so alright, so in the main event of Dynamite, the winner of John Moxley in the Battle Royal winner, they're going to fight, and then that winner is going to be the interim champion, right? No, 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 because we're going to have two guys from another company who aren't even signed to AEW. Get a match, have a match against each other, and then the winner of that is going to come to our pay per view, and then they're going to fight the winner of Moxley and the Battle Royal, and then that person's going to fight it for the, for the championship. But I thought Jericho said 15 I times. I on- cocaine. 
But I thought Jericho said 15 times on Rampage during the main event that CM Punk has to relinquish the title. Yeah, he didn't get the memo. I was changing that on him on the fly. And then, like, 55 <laughs> minutes in, all of a sudden Excalibur's like, I've just heard words, CM Punk will not relinquish the title. What we're going to do is, uh, uh, it's, uh, 70, 72 promotions, uh, gonna have, have tournaments. Okay. And the winner of each tournament going to be a big battle royal, uh, big battle royal at AAA in Mexico. And, and then we're going to, we're going to bring uh, the winner from, from, uh, Kaiju big battle is going to come in and it's going to do the, the thing with, uh, battle royal Moxley. And from the minute Punk walked out there with the belt till when in the middle of the main event, Tony Khan announced the battle royal bullshit. It took them 35 minutes to explain to me what was happening with the title. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then the winner of Doctor Strange versus the Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park uh, <laughs> is going to move on to take on Sammy Guevara because his his fiance looks like a, a dinosaur too. Um, and that's, <laughs> she does kind of look a little bit like a velociraptor. It's just so, it's just so obvious that because they because they did the thing right after Double or Nothing where Punk was like, "Oh, who's gonna challenge me?" and out comes fucking Tanahashi on Dynamite. But then Punk announces that he's Punk announces that he's injured, and you could tell you could see the wheels spinning like, "Oh shit, we already said Tanahashi." The, the winner so, of the battle royal is the champion and faces Tanahashi. This is not that yeah, fucking hard. Right? Well, no. okay. But no, it's not even it's not even as simple it's not even as straightforward as that because it's also well Tanahashi's gonna face who the fuck is it uh, Hiroki Goto. Who? Spoiler alert: Tanahashi's gonna win. So yeah, you don't say. Said he was gonna okay. Fight the champion. I don't. This is one thing that aggravated the shit out of me. They've been kind of dancing around the idea of Moxley versus Tanahashi for a year and a half now, two years, right? Would you have had any problem if they were just like, Mox is going to fight Tanahashi and the winner's the champ? I would have been like, alright, that's fine. I would have, because I don't enjoy John Moxley matches, but... At least it's like, clear, cut, and dry. Do you know what I mean? The beautiful thing about this type of situation, and and as much as it sucks when anyone has to give up a championship because of injury, and I don't wish injury on anybody, but this is a great opportunity to out of nowhere, build a new star. Similar to when WWE had to have the Deadly Games tournament and they decided that's when we're going to elevate The Rock and make him the world champion. And we're going to tell a story and make it happen that way. Or, for better or for worse, when they had to vacate the title and they put the Battle Royal and Great Khali won it. It's like they were going to try a new guy, see what happens. It didn't work, obviously, but they tried a new guy. Sure. And that's what a situation like this should end up in. This should have been... We're going to end up with MJF winning the Battle Royal as champion. We're going to end up with whoever, Jungle Boy. We're going to, end up, we're going to, we're going to see if we can get a new star out of this. Why not? You got until Punk comes back. Yeah, exactly. And here, uh, the one thing that I thought you were going to mention is they Adam, booked Paige so well during the <laughs> fucking title run. And, and here's what I want to talk about. One thing I didn't want to mention. Um, there was significantly less heat in that main event match between Punk and Page by their own doing. Because 
there was some issue between that Paige had some issue with Punk, but he kept dancing around it and never actually said what it is. And that was the problem, because all he really had to say was, I know you're here to destroy this place and I'm not going to fucking let it happen. But they couldn't even do that. It was like, I've seen people like you and I know what this is going to be. And like never actually said he's a selfish prick who's only here for himself. How come it was so easy for Eddie Kingston to say it? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is it because of the character? Because Eddie's an asshole? Been, but like, had you fucking nailed from day one. I don't buy any of this shit either. But, uh, like, I, I think they were just so wishy-washy about what they wanted to do with Paige. Because they're like, oh, well, we don't want to make him an asshole. He's a baby Paige. But you you said nothing. You, you, you had him have this issue with Punk, like you said. And even Punk said it during one of the promos. He's like, I don't know what your problem is with me. You keep dancing I around set it. Set him up for it. Just fucking say it, dude. Say it. You're a cancer, and you're going to kill this company, and I'm not going to let it happen. Yes. You're gonna. You're out here playing like you're the nice guy. I know this is part of your master plan to fucking... T- and then you have FTR run out and cost Paige the match. Sure. And you birth that faction as heels with Punk stealing the AEW title from Hangman Page. This is not hard storytelling, really guys. Hard. In fact, I had said that during the predictions. I said, I think Punk's going to win because I think he's going to do something nefarious and basically steal the belt. going to win another Bret Hart masturbatory match. <laughs> Which it actually ended up being. Like I said. All right, we got... We got a lot of premium live events to talk about, so let's go over some of that first. Yes. Uh, I just want to say, the, the only other thing coming out of AEW is we're getting another Blood and Guts. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately after Anarchy and Arena. <sighs> Immediately after. Because we didn't have enough random fucking group warfare that resulted in a bunch of blood. This time we're going to do the same thing in a cage. Mm-hmm. Pick I, one I, or I, the I, other, not both within a month. Seriously. <laughs> and, and it's sort of, and again, here's another thing that WWE gets shit on for all the time, which is you look at a Hell in a Cell and say, you've got a cell that needs a match more than a match that needs a cell. Right. Same thing here. Yeah. I, after Anarchy at the Arena, is there any reason for them to fight again? Nope. Nope. Also, somebody needs to explain to me why was it uh, Ortiz came out with Moxley and then Santana came out by himself? Or whatever, Ortiz came out by himself? That was very weird to me. So this past Saturday, NXT put on <laughs> In Your House. Their own premium live events on Saturday, like it used to be, like the good old days of Takeover. Don't say that word. Anymore. <laughs> uh, and we even had a predictions poll. We did, which Adam can't find. No, I got it. Okay, um, I, I, I was able to put that together. Like I said, I didn't, I, I didn't actually get a chance to watch in your house. Um, but uh, I do have the poll here. So I, Jason, I know before we started, you said. It was on in my house. Uh, Sal, did you watch in your house? I did. Okay. So we start uh, with the match that wasn't on the the, the prediction poll. Uh, the uh, the the NXT Mafia versus Legado del Fantasma. We had uh, 
this one, yeah, we had 11 participants in the prediction contest. So we'll get to that when we get to the matches that were actually on there. But, um, yeah, as, uh, as I think all of us said, uh, last week, it made uh, much more sense for Legato to be forced to join the family than the other way around. Yeah. But, uh, that's the way they, uh, that's the way they went. So, Sal, just a few minutes ago, you asked about that trios match at Double or Nothing. And, like, this was what a good trios match can look like. And it doesn't have to have the best workers in it, but ever, there was, there was moments for stuff to breathe. There was little subtle intricacies. The tiniest little thing, like Electra Lopez having a referee check for the crowbar behind the scenes. Yes, when they first did the entrances, yep. Just tiny little details like that can make a match so much better. I thought this match, look, it wasn't, it's, look, they're not the best workers on the other side. D'Angelo, Dimes, and, uh, fuck, I forget the other guy's name. Um, Stack and X, whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> but they're not the best workers, but they put on a good performance in a believable, credible situation, and it match was fun, and, and it accomplished a storyline. Exactly. And to your point, the little details um, played into the ending really well, where we had both the crowbar and the brass knucks come into play. And it was one of those kind of like Triple H uh, Austin things where really D'Angelo kind of won and, by chance. <laughs> and the storyline, the, the great storyline there being that D'Angelo's family won using Legato's weapon. Yes. So now Legato gets absorbed into the family. And bonus! They get Electra Lopez. Boner. So it, it was, it was fine. I thought it was a good, like, like said, good storytelling. I don't need a sound machine. Horse <laughs> cock. Uh, speaking, speaking of which, up next, the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. As Toxic Attraction defend... Against Boner, uh, Casey Squared. Uh, so, Casey Squared are whores? Katana ch- they're club chicks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, it got over. I'm not going to lie. I didn't love it when they first came out with it, but it was over with the crowd. Definitely had Adam Rose vibes. I mean... Uh, 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 uh. I didn't hate it. I'm just saying it was weird. Especially, like, the neat... The, You're fucking weird, dude. The, the light-up <laughs> shoulder pads, like, the light, bright shoulder pads. They're club kids. Gigi never, and Jason. Clearly, ne- clearly never seen anyone go to town with a glow stick in the clubs. It's been a while. I, I, yeah, went, I used to go to the palace. Yeah. <laughs> Route one in Saugus. That's oh, right. Oh, my goodness. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of DNA on that floor. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, Toxic Attraction do do retain the titles, which gives a point to Fetus Rhodes, myself, Troy, uh, God's Juggalo, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> if you have great boobs and need evaluation, call 900 Dr. Dicko Loco. And Jason, hey, shoot your shot, that's man. A point on that one. There were some great boobs in this match, I'm not gonna lie. By the way, is there any is there any like NXT signature move that has caught on, at least with me, more than uh, JC Jane's little grind that she does? Fantastic, love it. 
Boner. Uh, <laughs> up next, the NXT North American Championship on the line as Cameron <laughs> Grimes defends against the A-Champ, Carmelo Hayes. Wasn't the A-Champ coming in? No. I actually love the, the entrance where he's just like sitting there, almost like an old school boxer, sitting there waiting for the guy to come get him and tell him it was time to go out. And Trick comes up and he's like, "Let's go get it back." And then they did. I, I really loved that entrance. I thought that was really cool. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, Grimes' entrance was cheesy and looked stupid to me. I don't know if anybody else. I mean, Adam didn't watch the show, so he wouldn't know. But they did. Uh, he came down on a rocket. Which is fine, except the expression is to the moon, not, not from, from the moon. moon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, they, tr- they tried. What's that, what's that meme? Oh, you tried. <laughs> That's sort of what it was. With Bart throwing the cake in the trench. But, for my money, probably my favorite match on the show. I thought the two of them have great chemistry. I thought they worked their asses off. I mean, obviously I'm a little bit biased. Um, but, I, I thought Carmelo was fantastic. He looked every bit the star that we all know him to be already. Um, and he got the win that he should have gotten. So, and, and by the way, you guys were all picking fucking Grimes last week. Y'all remember that Solo's the next in line and he's a face, right? Like, this is, this was sort of an easy pick for me. I believe me and Troy uh, both picked Carmelo. I'm the only, I'm the only one who picked, uh, who picked oh, okay. Grimes last week. Uh, yes, Carmelo Hayes, uh, regaining his North American Championship, gets a point for Sal, and Troy, and God's Juggalo, and Jackson, and Dicko Loco, and, uh, Adrenaline, in the soul, NXT 2.0 is Stardust Roads, and Mr. and Mrs. Stick. I, I, I think he's trying too hard. Oh, okay. that's, that's, that's all right. Um, no, this match was good. Uh, really good, actually. And you know, this is what NXT does, and this is what they used to do a lot, and then they, and they're starting to do it a lot again, is they save big moves for the, for the premium live event. Um, there was a spot where, I think I've seen Grimes do it before, maybe, but still, it popped me. There was a spot where, um, Grimes caught Carmelo trying to do a springboard and turned it into, like a springboard Russian leg sweep that ended in like a flip. It was crazy. How about the uh the cave in on the apron to trick? That was crazy too. Um yeah, there was some great spots in this match. Carmelo looked amazing. Uh as far as Cameron Grimes coming down on the rocket, now all I can think of is making his way down the aisle from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and I was thrilled that Carmelo went back. I really was, because I just think it fits him. That title fits him right now. The good news is that we can now confirm that there is a rocket science program at Chase U. <laughs> Did somebody say Andre nope. Chase? Up next, Mandy Rose uh, defends her NXT Women's Championship against Wendy Chu and not Indy Hartwell. So, first off, did did I miss something? Because I watched every episode of NXT. I never remember them saying Indy Hartwell was in this match. Was that just Troy guessing that's what it was going to be? Well, I think, didn't Indy, like, say, like... Indy had a match with Mandy, and then Wendy (laughs) Chu attacked her after the match. Oh. 
but I don't, I don't remember them ever saying Indy was in this match or that it was a triple threat. So, um, well, Mrs. Stick did pick Indy to win, so you should get a point. So, Indy didn't lose. That's true. <laughs> um, she also didn't win. She lost her husband and her best friend, but Mandy. I mean, this is redundant, but Mandy looked amazing in this match. Um, when did she not? Though? Yeah, I know, but it was just oh my god. Um, now, as far as the actual match work, the eh, means to an end. <laughs> And, and the, Again, and similar to what we talked about with, with, with Double or Nothing, at no point did anyone, I'm guessing if you go through the predictions, except for the people that try to get it wrong, at no point did anybody actually think Wendy Chu was winning this title, right? Uh, yeah, everybody got a point except uh, Adrenaline in My Soul who okay, picked yeah. Wendy and Mrs. Stick picked Indy. Right, so the people who are trying to lose. Um, so that, take, that always takes away from a match for me when it's sort sure. of... A no doubter. Even the Cameron Grimes Carmella. I assumed Carmella was going to win, but wouldn't have completely shocked me if Grimes won either. Um, but this one was just me. I, I mean, listen, Wendy's an entertaining character, but she's a comedy act, and I'm never a big fan of comedy acts trying to be in serious title matches because I think it sort of devalues the championship. Like Orange trying yes. to beat Kenny Omega. <laughs> right, exactly. Same thing. Yeah, I'm on I that almost same wonder page. if she is the answer to Orange Cassidy. If that's why they went with this gimmick. Probably. Um, the other thing is too, she's been noted for wearing, you know, a onesie, uh, a feety pajamas to the ring during her matches, and she did it yeah. this one. So even no. though Mandy called her out on it beforehand, so I was like, well, that was a confusing wardrobe choice too. But she wore like a fucking tracksuit or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's. And Maybe then she's joining on, the she family. Had a I don't know. <laughs> t-shirt on underneath it. It was just really fucking weird. Yeah, I just didn't care for this whole thing. So. <laughs> no, it wasn't really my. Look, I love Mandy, but it wasn't really my favorite match. I would have much rather it was Indy in this match, to be honest with you. Maybe that's where we go next. Maybe. Alba NXT. Fire! Or whatever fucking name she has by the time she gets to Mandy Rose. <laughs> NXT Tag Team Championships, pretty deadly, defending against the Creed Brothers. No boy. So, I I believe I picked pretty deadly, but upon retrospect and thinking back upon it, um, this was the plan all along was for the Creeds to get the title here. They were going to get it off MSK. They had been building to that program, and then when MSK had their obvious... Uh, break up and forfeiture of the titles. They threw them on pretty deadly, so they could build to a story at this event and still have the Creed's conquering moment. So it does. It it was actually probably more obvious than it should have been that that it would be um, the Creed's winning here. So you say that, but the only two people who got points on the prediction poll for this one were Jackson and Adrenaline in My Soul. So I wasn't really a fan of the Creed's. And, and their work is fine, but as far as, like, character, I just didn't see it. And then this match happened, and I went, okay, they've they've arrived, for lack of a better term. This was well, I fantastic. think they arrived in the gauntlet match, honestly, but... Well, the the whole story, though, what, like, their parents there, and, and it just, yeah. it worked. Everything clicked for me tonight. Yeah. 
for that night. Or tonight if you're Adam, because he hasn't watched it yet. That's true. Although when the lighting strikes a certain way, it sort of looks like I'm talking right into Gigi's ass, which is... Hmm. As you said that your shoulder just moved. <laughs> and your main event, NXT Championship, Braun Breaker defending against Joe Gacy. Should Braun Breaker get disqualified, Joe Gacy becomes NXT Champion. Do you remember when... Um... Joe Gacy, out of curiosity. Uh, well, everybody gets a point for this, except for... Uh, Mrs. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Adrenaline in my soul and a name. Uh, the the only name on the list I haven't got had to say yet. Put some come on me, um, because I'm Dico Loco. Wow. It's written all in caps. I don't know if it's supposed to be a song lyric or not, but that's what it fucking says. Hmm. So Dico Loco mm. is in is in here twice and uh, <laughs> did not get the same amount of points. But what are you gonna do? What can you do? Um, remember that program with Christian and Randy Orton, where if Randy got disqualified, Christian would become champ? It was basically that match. No, it wasn't, because that's one of my favorite matches of all time, and this was certainly not that. I mean, it was the same idea, like, Casey that trying Christian to do everything. That Christian program is low-key one of my favorite wrestling programs of all time. Really? I, I absolutely hated that program. <laughs> the, the matches were absolutely fantastic. Uh, okay, yes, this this wasn't anything fantastic, but the idea was Casey was going to try to disqualify himself into the title. Every turn, he, he even did the Eddie spot where he tossed the chair to, to Breaker and then threw himself on the ground. And the ref was like, I, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna disqualify you. I'm gonna do it." And then another ref ran down and was like, "No, wait, listen, no, hey, no, hey, listen." <laughs> he can't call what you don't see. Um, what? This might be stupid, but you know what my most disappointing thing about this match is. Are we ever going to find out who the fucking druids are? <laughs> I sort of figured this would be the match where we would find out. They'd get unmasked by Braun or something. And they took bombs and we still didn't find out who they were. Right. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> At some point we're going to find out who his disciples are, right? Turns out one of them's Rick. <laughs> That'd be great. It's Medeja and fucking Shakira. <sighs> I don't know. To me, I, I'm not... I don't mind the Joe Gacy character. It just hasn't hit for me. It just not, it's not, you know what it is? It's not a main event character yet. Yeah. It felt forced to have him in the main event. It really did. That's true. It felt like we're trying to replace Bray Wyatt. But 100%. not in a great way yet. Right. We're not there yet. Right. It's like Eli Cottonwood and Bray Wyatt. Mustache. <laughs> Speaking of which, he claims uh, he's going to come back. Like, soon. Like, he's like, my He's making is. porn now. Eli Cottonwood? No, Bray Wyatt. Oh. He's he's sending out those tweets like, I'm, you know, I'm about to re Although Cottonwood would be a horrible porn name, it's just... <laughs> Assuming you wouldn't get many... Why do you think they call it the rope? Uh, alright. In last place, in, uh... 11th place, uh, put some come on me, um, because I am Deco Loco, with one point. Uh, tied for ninth with two points, Adrenaline in My Soul, NXT 2.0, Stardust Roads, and Mrs. Stick. 
uh, tied for sixth place with three points, Fetus Rhodes, Sal, and myself. Uh, tied for second place with four points, we have Troy, God's Juckalo, uh, the, the, the first Dicko Loco, uh, and Jason. And in first place, all by his lonesome, with five correct points, with five points, Jackson. So Jackson gets another win on his belt for the weekend. Yeah. You're gonna need to buy a bigger trophy case. Right? Seriously. <laughs> Actually, the funniest thing is he had the walk-off hit in that game. And it came down to a play at the plate, and the kid slid under the tag. So the kid who missed it just threw the ball in the field, and of course Jackson went and fucking grabbed the ball and brought it home, and nobody else knew about it. So hey, <laughs> he caught the ball. Was oh. walk off it. So. Nice. Any other thoughts on in your house before we move to Hell in a Cell? I'm curious to see where they go from here. Um, it feels like the Wendy Chu story's over, so we're going to move on to somebody else. Apparently, I haven't watched NXT tonight, but apparently Paulo Cruz is on there doing something with Braun Breaker, which to me is a, is a mistake. At some point, you have to decide. Listen, these special appearances by WWE talent are great, and, and I wish they had done that more on the original Black and Gold NXT. I think it might have helped that brand more so. But the problem is, if every time Braun Breaker has the title, a, a fucking WWE, a lower card WWE guy comes in to challenge him for it, what does that tell the viewer about the rest of your roster? They've jumped the shark on this for me. Because first we had AJ Styles, and that was fine. I think a lot of people loved seeing AJ Styles. But AJ Styles didn't go for the title. He no, 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 no. I'm uh, just saying, just as a, yeah. a WWE guy... To, to boost up an NXT right. guy. And then you did Dolph Ziggler, and you did Natalia, and now there's Apollo Crews, and it's like, if I wanted to watch Viking, main event, I'd watch main event. Don't forget the Viking Raiders. Oh, yeah, the Viking Raiders, too. I mean, that's the thing. You can't always dip into that well, because then it's not cool anymore. Then it's I'm not certainly holy not every shit. time for your title. I need somebody who... I need somebody from the actual roster to challenge for the actual roster's title. To me, they're leading to eventually do Carmelo versus Braun, but. Oh, obviously, yeah, I think that's definitely the payoff. When? Ultimately. Yeah, WrestleMania weekend? Like, what are you doing until then? Well, uh, let's see. Could, uh. I mean, there is the option to do, like, a Roddy program. I think they would, they would work well in the ring. Um. That would make some sense to me. But there's not a ton of, like, top heels in, in um You might get a Grayson Waller run, but again, it's one of those things yeah. where we know that he's not, you know, Breaker's not losing to Grayson Waller. Um, you could come to find out that it was actually Braun Breaker that was causing Brooks Jensen to masturbate, so that's thereby causing his injury. Sure. Yeah. And they feud over that. Speaking of which, where's Mandy go from here? Yeah, Indy's possibility, unless in, she is in, hurt. Into, into Brooks Jensen's spank bank. <laughs> um, but I don't see a challenger like... Indy. Sure. Again, Indy doesn't or seem like Alba the person fire. that's going to win. Unless it's, unless it's Roxanne. I think eventually that's who it's going to be, but I don't think you're going there yet. Well, if she wins the breakout tournament, you have your... Your SummerSlam takeover main event, you know. SummerSlam, yeah. Yeah. 
People always forget that SummerSlam is actually their biggest takeover weekend, or it always was. That yeah, was TakeOver the, Brooklyn. Take it was always Brooklyn. SummerSlam weekend. It wasn't the WrestleMania takeover that was the big one. Hey, speaking of takeover, are you going to watch uh, TakeOver Dallas with me once the baseball season's over? Yeah. Did you hear my schedule? And then I start All-Stars immediately after that, so I will. <laughs> Can't tell you when, but I will. Yeah, tell me about it. Just, it does just kind of make me a little bit bummed that, that they did away with the takeover name for 2.0. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, we still get stand and deliver, but uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a takeover anymore. It just is. In your house, just is. It's not a takeover. Same thing with War Games. It's like... Uh, War Games? It's like uh, when, when they yeah, stop... Yeah, by the way, by the way, hold on, hold on. Bloody guts! We shit all over AEW for not being original, and really, really, they brought out William Regal to do the War Games thing for them. Come the fuck on. And it doesn't sound as good. No, it doesn't. Blowing guts. Eh. Stupid. Sorry, go ahead. Fair. Fair. Uh, all right. Any last words on in your house before we move to Hell in a Cell? Heck in a sec. All right. So, we opened Hell in a Cell with the women's title triple threat match. Bianca Belair defending against Asuka and Becky Lynch. Uh, is that what opened the show? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. My brain's been off this weekend. I gotta say, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was fun. Um, yeah, it, felt, it, it was fine. It was good. It felt like typical triple threat fodder. Where, you know, how many of these matches have we thrown Asuka in just so she can eat the pen? Right. It feels like she's always the person in the triple threat match that eats the pen. Somebody had mentioned that before the the pay per view or the premium live event. Um, you know, leading into it, they were talking about it on a podcast I was listening to, and they were like. So Asuka's there to, to eat the pen, cause that's all she ever does. And I was like, ugh. Hard to argue with that. I'm angry cause it's true. <laughs> um, there, I, I enjoyed the double ankle lock. Yes. I enjoyed that, nice. that spot. Um, there were a few moments, uh, specifically I think with, with, uh, Bianca and Asuka where the timing was a bit off. And so Bianca, or, or Asuka ended up kind of standing around waiting for things. But, um, but overall, I, I, I enjoyed this match and, uh, and Bianca retains. I enjoyed the match. I liked the little bit of storytelling they did at the end where Becky hit the move, but Bianca pulled her out to, to get the win. Um, it kind of just adds to the Becky's going to lose her mind angle <laughs> if she hasn't already. I'm we can talk more. This. We can talk more about what happened on Raw uh, a little later if we'd like. If we'd like to, um, I believe this was also the match where Byron Saxton said something about her getting the belt, and I could just picture Vince McMahon and go, "Don't hold up your pants, pal." Title. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know how I feel about that finish. Honestly, it's just such a. Con- it's such a convoluted triple threat finish like it's it's so common but, it's 
but specifically Bianca being the one to steal the victory. Right. She outsmarted Becky. I mean, that's... And she turned it around like, oh, I, I used your own, you know, okay. strategy Fair, against cause, you. Because Becky had, had already tried to do it like three times right. pre- previous. So. Okay. Uh, everyone on our poll, uh, we had uh, 13 people on the Hell in a Cell poll. Thank you all. Everyone except Fetus Rhodes and uh, Adrenaline in My Soul. Dustin's brother is Cody Rhodes. Picked Becky, uh, picked Bianca to retain. Uh, with Fetus picking Becky and uh, Is it Dusty's brother mm-hmm. or Dustin's brother? Dustin. Okay. Uh, and uh, Adrenaline picking Oscar. Um, from there, we move to a two-on-one handicap match. Uh, MVP and Omas versus Bobby Lashley. It's sad uh, that the best part of this match was MVP's rap video. <laughs> Remember how I said um, when I was watching these WWE events, I, I started to notice I was on my phone more? This was the first match that it had happened. <laughs> so I was watching, uh, I had this on the TV, and, and, and the wife was down here, and, and they called Omas the Nigerian giant, and she goes, is that racist? And I went, no, because he's actually Nigerian. Let me show you Kamala. And <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. This feud isn't over until we get the Nigerian drum match between Omos and Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Quite possibly. Great. What do we think of Cedric Alexander? By the way, as racist as it is, all I could, every time they do, every time that somebody Not talks about... Not a good about, start to a sentence, but continue. Right, I know. But it's from a movie, so... Every time he's talk, somebody talks about the Nigerian drum match, all I think is that scene from Get Him to the Greek where the guy's like, I just make the African face and play the drum. <laughs> You've never seen Get Him to the Greek? I haven't seen Get Him to the Greek. Oh, you gotta I see saw, that. I saw it a while ago, but I know, I know the scene you're talking about. Um, you would have thought that the Bobby Lashley MVP uh, Mega Powers Explode feud would be great, but then... I will say Lashley's been surprisingly better on the mic by himself than I thought he would be. No, he isn't. <laughs> Not even a little Better bit. than I thought he would be, Sal. <sighs> Not saying he's fucking Kevin Owens out there. But he's held his own. I appreciate that you're looking at that as a glass-half-full type of guy. <laughs> I... That's... Cringe. Usually a ray of sunshine on this show. I I just, I don't know. There's certain things, maybe it's his his cadence that when Bobby Lashley talks, I just cringe. I'm just like, take the mic away, please. Is it it because he's black? No. Are you sure? Yes, because MVP is fantastic on the mic. Oh, and you mentioned Cedric. I know sometimes you people of color Mexicans and it's it's a thing, so I don't know if that was Mm. anything to do with it. That's funny. Um, <laughs> Cedric. Speaking of Cedric, I don't really know what they're doing with Cedric. It feels like we just keep going back and forth. I'm just happy they're doing anything with Cedric. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Not are they? When it came out during the match, my first thought was, oh, so we're getting a we're getting a Cedric and Lashley team up. But then they did that awesome backstage segment where, where Lashley was like, "I appreciate you. Don't stick your fucking neck in my business ever again." Yes. If you ever interfere in one of my matches again, I'll kill you. 
But How good job, buddy. How does take down MVP in Amas? He reunites the Hurt Business. Where's Shelton? <gasps> That's gotta be Shelton! <laughs> Comes out there and interferes during the tag match. Preparing the drums. <laughs> Shelton! Prepare the drums! Right. Up next, uh, Kevin Owens continues to lose his... Oh, points, sorry. Um, Fetus Rhodes, Troy, myself, Sal, Jackson. Uh, he is the professor of dick dicking and the mouthpiece of Dicko Loco. He almost beat Jason in trivia, and he has a legendary dong. He is not a son of a plumber, but he will plumb your ass. He is soon to be recognized as Dr. Bruno Tomas, Ph.D., is there more of that? Why did it say and? And fuck you, Sal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, that delay just made it even better. Right. Um, I thought so. Mrs. Stick, Big Stick, Bruno. and Yete. I'll pick Bobby Lashley for that. Bruno, Bruno, I love you, brother, but you got to get over the whole trivia thing. Like, I feel like <laughs> you're, you've been holding on to that one for a little bit too long at this point, my man. Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. Fucking most enjoyable match on the show. <laughs> really? By a lot. Because of Kevin Owens. Well, I was going to say, Owens is great. Just because of Kevin Owens. Just randomly, like, he's got him in a rear chin, like, He's Ezekiel! He's Elias! And they start chanting Zeke. He's, every time they chant Zeke, he's like, Elias! Zeke! Elias! <laughs> I will say the one thing that got a reaction from me for this match was at the very end. After the pinfall, where he looks into the camera and goes, "I just beat Elias." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, uh, Kevin Owens made this thing fantastic. For sure, for sure, for sure. And the in ring was fine. It wasn't that wasn't it was bad. Right. Um, it was definitely now was, it was. Now the pop up power bomb is a setup finisher, I guess. Yeah, because the stunner. And you used to pin everyone. No, no, nobody, everybody kicks out because. Not the, not the finish. At least it's not the blue thunder bomb. That is the best move to never gain a pinfall. Mm-hmm. That's true. I've seen pinfalls with side rushing fucking leg sweeps, but the blue thunder bomb. Oh my god, that shit! Get out of that shit! <laughs> and then the next night, the next well, night, well, it's because you can't hook a leg, so. Then I'm raw. Kevin, why why is Kevin begging Ezekiel for another match if he wanted the pay per view? No, Ezekiel wanted the other. Oh, match. Ezekiel, oh, the, he wanted the rematch. Yeah. Ezekiel. And then Owen said, "Fine, you can have your rematch, but you got to admit you're Elias." And then Ezekiel said, "Fine, I'm Elias." And he's fine. You get your match. He's like, "I, I lied." <laughs> Pulled him out of your book. I enjoyed that. Uh, this was a shocker. Yeah. Only two only two people picked Kevin Owens to win this match. Uh, Adrenaline and Mrs. Stick. So, two who try to get it wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, I was very surprised. Look, Which I, I like. I like every now and then that there's a result that surprises me. Yeah. In, in retrospect, it makes complete sense that Kevin Owens won. Um, I thought they were going to go for the reaction of Kevin Owens losing his shit after he lost. So. <laughs> uh, next. 
The Judgment Day take on AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. It was fine. Liv's, Liv's Club. That's what they were calling them. Liv's Club. Really? Okay. Yeah. Rhea's, but, but, Rhea's but, shorts, though. Bullet Club. No. Um, yeah, Rhea's shorts were fantastic. Oh, oh, Rhea. Or just her lack of pants. Uh-huh. So, this match was fine. I instantly forgot everything from this match after what happened on Raw. <laughs> I, look, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was fast-paced. I thought it was well put together. I thought the crowd popped in the right spots. Um, and this is one of those great examples where you don't have to do too much. Just the three faces collectively beating on the three heels at the same time, and the crowd went fucking nuts. Like, you don't need to do 25 spinning fucking sentons. You can get the crowd reaction keeping it simple. Yeah, and they did a nice job of that. Here. In Chicago, no less. Right, exactly. You build a good enough story and get enough heat, you're gonna get the crowd. No, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Just, do I remember spots? Not really. Because, like you said, it wasn't a spot fest though. Um, I remember the finish, and I thought that was interesting, given what happens the next night on Raw. But right, uh, Rhea did gain another member of the Simp Club uh, in my wife, so. There's that. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, you're, you're very close to that threesome now, Adam. On, <laughs> on, on, on Monday Night Raw, they murdered an old Canadian. Yeah. Should we talk about that now since we're yeah, talking sure. about Judgment Day? Sure. Um, I want to, first off, absolute fucking tip of the cap to WWE because it's rare that they get me with a swerve and they got me with a swerve. This, this was a good one. Um, I don't understand it. Short of like Edge is hurt and he's gonna go away for a while. Cause this group literally just got off the fucking ground. Like, you literally just added Rhea at the last pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, Edge what I like the... is that I was expecting a swerve, but this was not the swerve I was expecting. Right. I think we all expected Finn to sort of turn on him, right? Like, oh right. yeah, I'm on your side. But Edge is just so much better as a shitty heel. And now what? He's going to be the face? I, I don't know. So, I, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm, I'm actually, it's one of the good part about it is I am very intrigued to see where it goes now. People keep retconning this and they keep being like, oh, well, they need a tough face on Raw. So they, so they made the decision on the fly to, to uh, flip Edge. I don't believe that. Not with all the talk of Edge for the past month being like, you know, join us, we want more members, join the Judgment Day, we'll change your life. Like, they don't say that shit by accident. And I think this was the plan all along. And to be honest, I'm loving it because we get Finn Balor as a heel on the main roster with a faction. But And Rhea without pants. And Rhea without <laughs> pants. But um I, I'm not buying it that this was a decision on the fly. I think this is what they wanted to do, kind of. But again, it does it it does bear the question of a little bit early, right? Like this is supposed to be Edge's Edge's like baby, and it's already gone. Well, that's why I'm wondering if there's an injury at the pay per view. I guess we'll see. But I, I I do hope that. So WWE has always had an issue on the main roster of giving Finn Balor a microphone. And now that he's a heel, 
I think you need to you need to let him be the mouthpiece for this. He was a very good heel on the microphone in NXT. In NXT, absolutely. Yeah, he's he can he is a very great heel on the microphone. Some people he, are just really, really good. good on the mic as a heel, and they suck on the mic as a babyface because they don't know how to elicit sympathy. It's hard. You know, it used to... Everybody who's ever wrestled in the business will tell you it's way fucking easier to be a heel. Way easier. Sure, you can it's be a shitbag. It's very fucking simple to make people hate you. It's very hard to make people like you in this business. Especially now when everybody wants to cheer for the cool bad guy. Yeah. Everybody got a point on that one, except myself, who, if you'll remember last week... Uh, voted for Finn Balor's dick because and uh, adrenaline in my soul everybody else went judgment day on that uh, up next the United States Championship Theory defending against Mustafa Ali so the good Mustafa got on oh wait not yet sorry up next not on the prediction poll <laughs> Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss okay up next who did the shit <laughs> Who well, Matt, I, didn't, I legit didn't even watch it. No, Madcap won. Okay. He, he does look a little bit more aggressive. He's got new gear. He's got new music. He, I liked the new gear yeah, on fucking... SmackDown, but I, he's going to get rid of the fucking Madcap. He should have come back and said, you tried to kill Madcap Moss. Well, you did. Madcap Moss he, is dead. He fucking, he fucking pulmonized Corbin's neck with the, with the, the steps. He did. I, I think we do eventually get get away from the Madcap part. I don't know if they... But think, it doesn't work now. Eh. Like, that's the whole point. You changed the attitude, now the name doesn't fit him anymore. He doesn't even have suspenders anymore. Right? Unless he comes out there on SmackDown and he's like... Because this, the SmackDown is the show hey, for him. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I going to say SmackDown's the show for him after the pay-per-view. So, he what? could be like, Hey guys, I'm not Madcap anymore. Just call me Riddy Moe. Now, Theory versus Mrs. Polly, the United States Championship. Mustafa, Mustafa lost in his hometown. I get the AEW never does that. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Uh, match was good. I expected it to be good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned for the lack of follow-up on Raw, so I hope this isn't like a one-and-done for Mustafa. Um... But I thought the match was good. I thought it delivered. Uh, again, never really thought they were going to put the title on him here. Uh, not that they yeah. won't eventually, but the first match out. And that is one main difference with WWE and AEW. You know the challengers never win the title the first time out. It almost never happens. Right. It's like at the end of the program. So, um, I feel like Mustafa Ali is perfect for Money in the Bank this year. I feel like he slides into one of those spots very easily. But we'll see. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, everybody gets a point on that except uh, Adrenaline, Mrs. Stick, and uh, Remo Gendro. I'll pick Mustafa for that. Uh, and now, your main event. Uh, holy fuck. Uh, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, hell in a cell. So before we get to the match, the story had circulated that Cody had been pulled off uh, the house show the night before, and the story quickly circulated that he had suffered a torn tricep, a yeah. torn pack. Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
I was not prepared for when he took his jacket off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody was. Like, I knew I, it, but I didn't... Like, I've seen a torn pack before. I've seen that type of bruising and swelling. I just mentally wasn't prepared for it on the pay-per-view. It was weird. The way the way they were the way they were trying to insert it into the story. Oh, I thought you were talking about Rhea's pants again. Sorry. Had me ha- had me guessing all the way up to the match as to how legit the injury actually was, because the story that they were telling that they told in the pre-show was. It got his the, the 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 tendon got slightly torn during the brawl and then then or during the attack and then during the brawl it tore completely off the bone. Yeah. And it's when they when they go to that extreme of of uh, hyperbole, oh, but but it gets better <laughs> because later on they go to the announce table and say, there are rumors circulating that Seth Rollins attacked Cody Rhodes and we can tell you that's not exact that's not what happened. So he was actually training, and he tore the pack off the boat. Like they almost like refuted the oh, the story they had already started telling. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. So that so we, yeah, Cody Rhodes gets in the ring. The cell is down. Oh, first off, Seth comes out dressed like Dusty. Oh my god, that was fucking incredible. And he, and he kind of like hit it too for a while. Like he had his jacket like all closed, and then like he opened it, and it was like. <gasps> You bastard! With his fashion sense, he would be a great fit with maximum male models, wouldn't he? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Cody removes his uh, evil Knievel jacket and is just fucking purple. Like, and swollen. Like, yeah. grotesquely swollen. Oh. I, I'll be the first one to admit, I was very perplexed. Because I'm like, how? How do you wrestle like that? You can't move the right side of your fucking upper body. How the hell are you going to have a wrestling match? To the point where I, I really was wondering, like, this got to be fake, right? No? That was real bruising. That was real swelling. That was Cody putting on a 30-minute Hell in a Cell match with half of his body not working. We were very early in this match when he hit that first fucking Cody cutter, and it was like holy shit. Oh, yeah. Like the side he pulled Seth down to land on was his bad side. Like I, I've had a fucking bruise on my arm where if I touched it, it hurt like hell. Like you looked at that bruise and you're like mother. Fucker, he's getting a kendo stick driven into that shit. I was going to say, when Seth was digging it in, and I understand, but still, like, what the fuck? He was shot up with a lot of good shit, I'm guessing. (laughs) Sure, but you're still going to be able to move. Yeah. Um, There's a reason the guy's getting so much love from other wrestlers in the world. That was an outstanding performance. That would have been a great match on its own. Yeah, given the circumstances that we obviously saw Cody dealing with, uh, that was epic next level shit. And I okay. guarantee you, Vince saw that and went, God damn, pal, there's the next champion. <clears throat> and I'll give them credit where credit is due. The little details that they put into Seth's character for this match, besides him coming out there dressed in polka dots, the 
fucking weight belts. The mm. polka dotted yeah. weight belt that said um Visionary. Visionary on it. That was amazing. Um I loved uh the bull rope. Yeah. That that yeah, we, Cody pulled all, out. All of a sudden for three minutes we had a bull rope match in the middle of his helmet. <laughs> well, okay, I will say this. What I really wanted was Cody goes under the ring looking for the bull rope. He comes up with a fucking stardust outfit, throws that shit yeah. away, and then goes and gets the bull rope. That would have been funny. But, um, and I love the little ties into Triple H. You know, they kind of started that in the Raw beforehand when he was like, you you know, you broke a th- throne, but you're not going to come here and break mine. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. That's ledgy. Came back on Raw. Yep, well. So I guess we could talk about Raw, too, because, uh, so Cody came out and cut this great promo. By the way, do we believe there's literally any fucking possibility of him actually competing at Money in the Bank? No! Absolutely not. Although, that might... That like, was my... I would normally say no, but after watching this, I'm like, well, I... <laughs> so that was my only concern, is because you do the bit of business at the end with Seth, and you have the out to stretch your Cody out, and we don't see him again until fucking Royal Rumble. Cody's like, what if I just ice and rest for the next four weeks? Yeah, and Cody well, gets no, up. Even said he's having surgery. Right, but he gets up on his own power, refuses medical treatment, and, and walks off. And I'm like, are they going to actually put him in money in the bank? Or maybe they're just leaving that door open because they don't know? I don't know. I think this is as good a point as I to, to break. Because somebody mentioned it in the host there. I don't remember if it was my bit Sal, my bit who it was. Are they playing too close to the sun, turning Cody into a Cena-like figure or a or a uh, Reigns-like figure, uh, too powerful, you know, uh, too superhuman, with go- not just going three and zero against Rollins. Uh, to, to start his return, but but with this this injury, uh, getting up and walking out of out of Raw on his own after getting hit in the back of the head with a sledgehammer, are they are they running the risk of burning it out too quick? I, I'd say no, and I'll tell you why. You're gearing up, I'm assuming. For him to go on a run with Roman Reigns at some point. And you have built Roman up to be such a mythical fucking unbeatable force that you need to build up the credibility of this guy as being able to stand up to an incredible amount of damage and beating. Otherwise, you can't even bother getting in there with Roman. So I think they're doing that, that they're telling that story right. It's a great story to tell, but this is a guy who very recently watched an entire fan base turn on him. And I don't think they, the WWE universe would turn on him immediately, but I think if you tell this story with Cody of him overcoming all of the odds, what do you do after he beats Roman? Because then you're setting it up to be the title win is the the be all end all, and then once you get that title win, does it by default just cool him off? 
That's Hangman Page. Yeah. <laughs> but the difference is this company can tell stories and build characters. Sure, but we've also seen um, similar situations with world champions in this company, baby days world <laughs> champions, where the... Uh, Right, but you have enough guys who can be that top heel to chase him sure. with compelling sort of new matches with him and Drew and him and, him and Lashley. If Finn is a top yeah, heel leading Finn, a faction, that'd be great. Yeah, so there's there's all sorts of options here that you didn't have in AEW. And, but they sort of ruined Cody and AEW with the whole can't challenge for the title stipulation because then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I'm feuding with QT Marshall and I'm feuding with... Almost... Uh, oh, the thing was, the thing that sort of killed Cody in AEW was almost him being too giving and trying too hard to get everyone else over. Um, which I think sort of just people just got sort of eye roll and like, all right, yeah, great, Cody, you're a good guy. Like, well, um, that's the thing. Speaking of giving, you know, you do that match last night at Hell in a Cell with a torn peck, and then you're even more giving on Raw to get the angle over with Seth. And it's like, oh my god, this guy can't do enough to Seth, and it's great. But it that that's something that can start to wear on people after a while. Sure, but you know who it's never going to wear on? Oh. The guy in the back who makes all the decisions. Sure. I guarantee you Cody's stock went through the roof this weekend. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. So whatever the fan reaction really doesn't matter in that regard. As we saw with Roman for years. Oh yeah. I said true. it before. Say it again. Props to Seth for the performance on Monday. Uh, just some fantastic, uh, fantastic shitbag. You'll work. On that, that was fit. That was phenomenal. Yep. Every little bit of that. I know that we criticize Seth because you know, <laughs> but he he really does put in some great work. This one pretty evenly split on the on the poll. Uh, six for Cody, eight for Seth. Uh, so Troy, myself, uh, God's a juggalo. Dicko Loco loves boobies. Uh, Mrs. Stick and Big Stick getting, uh, points for that for picking. I Cody. switched this pick like four or five times before I submitted it. So. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So. In 13th place with one point. Adrenaline in my soul, Dustin's brother, is Cody Rhodes. In 12th, with two points, is Rima Jandro. In 11th, with three points, Fetus Rhodes. Tied for fourth, with four points, myself, Sal, God's Juggalo, Jackson, uh, Bruno, Dicko Loco, and Vayete. And your winners, with five points apiece, Troy, Lisa, and Jason. <laughs> Nice sweetheart. So big, uh, big weekend in the, uh, in the stick household for, uh, predictions. A winner is them. And good for Troy as well. So, uh, thank you as always to everybody who, who participated in our, in our prediction polls. We love, uh, the interaction. Getting to hear from you guys there. Um, anything else? Oh, about it for me. The only other thing was at the end of Raw, Rhea won the match to become the new number one contender. Okay, yeah, so it's it's officially Rhea versus Bianca at Money in the Bank. Yes. That's a waste. Now, so, uh, so, okay. 
I say that's a waste. Um, primarily because to me that's a big money match for SummerSlam. However, when we judge this card, we also have to remember this was originally set to be a stadium show. Right. So this was supposed to be a gigantic card. Yeah, Tony fucked him and got him to say he can't even sell enough tickets to send him hand in hand. Fucked him right in the ass. Um, I think they can use Took this. His tickets and wrapped him around his dick. I think they tickets? can use this to build the Judgment Day and build a program for SummerSlam. I think you have Rhea take that belt and then you have Bianca Chase going into. Uh, you, you, can't have, you can't have Bianca lose the belt because people will just lose their fucking minds about how it's fucking burying. Or... They'll get over it. <laughs> they always find something else to complain about the next week. Yeah. Now I heard some 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 fantasy booking on other podcasts that I listened to um, regarding McIntyre and Clash at the Castle. Um, does McIntyre fight for the title at Clash in the Castle, or does McIntyre win Money in the Bank and cash in at Clash in the Castle? God, I hope. Not. I mean, I'm pretty sure Bianca's still going to have the title by then, but I'm not sure McIntyre is going to be the next opponent. I think he meant the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, we're talking about the women's title, and he segue right into this McIntyre gets the title shot. Title uh, in the bank. Um. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I hope not, I guess, because every year I hope that Money in the Bank is done correctly and put yeah. on to elevate somebody new. Like Otis. Uh, and every year it almost never happens. So I, I, I throw out the fucking pandemic WB headquarters year. It just like it's never happened. They even mock it themselves at this point. Yeah, that's true. See, I was, see I, was, I was getting ready to say you were correct to ignore me on that. <laughs> was it Becky Lynch cut the promo where she showed Oscar and said, "Yeah, I know, strange location." <laughs> that was great. She show, yeah, she showed them on the top of the roof. She's like, "I know, I know, strange location. I get it." Um, so, you, in my opinion, you drew Drew. You you have Drew fight Roman at Money in the right, Bank. Buddy? Huh? You drew 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 Drew. <laughs> you have Drew fight Roman at Money in the Bank. And then you have Drew lose, and then we don't have to fucking hear about it anymore. Because I don't know about you guys, but Drew and Roman doesn't do a goddamn thing for me. Drew and Roman was fantastic last time we saw it, so I'm going to be seeing it again. Drew is not advancing character work at all. That oh, stop it! What what's compelling about Drew McIntyre at this point? He's funny, and he could be funny mm. and serious at the same time. He can he can go out there and cut a promo about wanting to kick your shit out of you, and then in the next breath he's Big D, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, <laughs> especially with the little fucking shorts they got for him. Um, I, this is why wrestling fans suck in a lot of ways, truthfully, because this is why we can't have nice things. Because you we we say for years we want to elevate new guys we want fucking Drew to get a push and then Drew gets a push like I'm so fucking sick of Drew he's boring me now he got his push I know but that doesn't mean his fucking career's over dude no I didn't say his career's over I'm saying he's not at this like you said they've built out they've built up Roman to be the be all end all so at this point I have no believability that Drew can beat him for the title he has a giant sword 
<laughs> See, it's a big Angela. sword. See, get it, get it. It's a big sword. Get it, Angela. That's the name of the sword. Oh, okay. I was making a dick joke, but I said he's got a big sword and Angela. See, it just didn't work for me because I didn't know the sword's name was Angela. Yeah, that's well, is, that's what's happening. You haven't watched he a, the fucking product in four months. Is he a big Who's the Boss fan? No, his mother's name is Angela, actually, Adam. Yeah. So when Drew comes after you for making fun of his fucking dead mother, sake, you know, mm-hmm. good luck with that. Shame. Hey, I have I have Scottish royalty on both sides of my family, so I'll be all right. Who do you think? Who do you, who do you prefer, Drew McIntyre or Kip Sabian? In terms of what? Attractiveness. That'd probably be Kip. Okay. The ladies love Drew. I'm not going to lie. I've heard even non-wrestling ladies speak very fondly of Mr. McIntyre. Well, when you're laying pipe as much as he is, I mean. Right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for that. But so far, only in Cleveland, as far as we know. That's true. Oh, speaking of Cleveland. Still probably my favorite rundown wrestling title of all time. Speaking of Cleveland. Um, you know it's from Cleveland? Steamers. The Miz Steamers. is from Cleveland. The Miz and his wife were out there to promote the season premiere of this show this week. And <laughs> boobs. Yes. Titties. Um, but my favorite part of that segment, Maurice's boobs withstanding, uh, notwithstanding, um, was Riddle. Riddle was fantastic in that Riddle segment. Was fucking on fire during this TV. He's like, you have <laughs> tiny balls, tiny balls, tiny balls. And Maurice, for her part, was excellent too. Like, My husband's no. balls are perfectly average. Right. Perfectly, a- no, perfectly adequate. Yeah. And then Miz, like, no, no, bigger, bigger. <laughs> they are above average balls. They are the biggest balls in the world. Prove it! segment was amazing. Riddle, Riddle dropping what, to my, in my opinion, is one of the funniest lines on Raw of all time. Talking about Randy being away, he said, and he says, I hope you come back soon, unlike oh my, my stepdad. stepdad. <laughs> one of the best fucking jokes Holy I've ever shit. heard on Raw. Um, actually, Riddle is the one who's been calling out Roman. So I guess it would make more sense for Riddle to get the shot of money in the bank. See, I'm I'm biased. I want Riddle to win that title at SummerSlam. It's not going to happen, but I, I, that's, I'm putting it out in the universe, because that's what I want to happen. Riddle as your WWE Universal Champ, the one who de- defeats Roman, I really can get behind that. Do you remember that Riddle was a U.S. champion at one point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wore the belt over his tracksuit. Like a freaking arrow quiver. <laughs> so inconsequential. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be down to watch Riddle and, and, and Roman. I don't necessarily think they think Riddle's gonna be the one to end Roman's title run. No. Not sure. Probably not. But it would be, it would be fun. For sure. Oh, speaking the of The promo fun, battles speak- would be great with, with Roman just trying to figure out what the fuck Riddle's saying. <laughs> But we'd have to actually get Roman on TV for that to happen. So. Right. He's on that Brock Lesnar schedule now. Right, yeah. Speaking of WWE superstars from Cleveland, mm-hmm. Dirk Zogler. What about him? Nope. 
Well, that's the, good to do it for this week's edition the of the Rundown. Sudden, the sudden return of the Okerlund position. Oh, I like that. That's been back for a little while, actually. They did that a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, I forget who they did it with, but it was the, it's it, it was, was there um, a while ago. It was the dude from Ireland that did it. Uh, the interview, yeah. yeah. Um, What's his nuts? But who did he interview that night? Uh, was it Seamus's group? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Day or something. Oh, no, yeah, it was Xavier Woods. It was Woods. Yeah. Um, I really like that. I think it gives you, you know, a little bit something different, like visually. I love the throwback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It it hits home for me because I remember those off to the side promos and they were so fucking good. And I was about to make an Oakland joke on the Discord when Graves just throws out to the Oakland position. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Um, John not Cena's the, coming not the back. Not Alfred Hayes position. That's something completely different. That's true. Uh, John that Cena's coming Randy back. where Randy Savage broke his scepter over the Ultimate Warrior's head. That's right. Mm-hmm. John Cena. John Cena. Coming back. Who? John Cena! Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's coming back on the 27th or the 20th. Coming on who's back? Uh, apparently Austin Darius. Uh, I am down for this. 100%. It doesn't even have to be for the U.S. title. Just those two, uh, facing off, I think, would be great. If you listen to After the Bell, they had Austin Theory on a few weeks ago. And they were talking about his United States title reign. And he said his ultimate challenger would be John Cena. Okay. So you're excited for the 20 years of Cena celebration? No. You've always been I, a, a big John Cena proponent. Oh, I am. That said, I'm so fucking burned out on these 20 year celebration things that we keep fucking doing randomly. Like, Michael Cole just celebrated 25 years. He didn't get a fucking special episode built around him. And he's been on more shows than most of those guys. Sure. We had the big Fair. Triple H fucking 20-year thing. There was another one, too, recently. Randy Orton. Yeah. yeah. So, Randy. Okay. And the Usos got a little speech for 12. Yeah. it was a ago. I was like, when it was, okay, I guess we're just doing this every week now with somebody else. Okay. Dolph Ziggler's going to celebrate his 20 years pretty soon. To me, like, if you're going to set up an Austin Theory thing, build up Austin Theory, and then have Cena return as a surprise. I just think it's so much better when he returns as, when people return as a surprise. Fair. I agree with that. My only thing with John Cena is obviously they want that bump that he, he's going to bring. If you advertise Cena on the show, expect your numbers to go up. Oh, sure. It, it's funny because they, they subscribe to two different schools of thought here because all they had to do was do the same thing with Cody Rhodes returning except they held off and waited till Mania. And I was pissed leading into it, but it turns out they were right because that moment was fantastic. <laughs> right. Um, so, I don't know. I, I sort of pick a philosophy and go with it, but sure. yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be a fun match, but I just feel like the build is going to end up being lackluster. When is he? When, when was it? The twenty seventh? Is that what I mean? 
Did they actually say a date? They said the date. It's got a nice little logo. It's going to be in Texas. Tuesday night. (laughs) Yeah, Tuesday. I think yeah, June twenty seventh. Tuesday night in Texas. Next Tuesday in Texas. Another Tuesday in Texas. It's like the Debbie does Dallas again. (laughs) (laughs) She just couldn't get enough. Dallas harder. On that note, I think that will do us. I think that will do it for us. This Sal week. does Salem. <laughs> Adam, what do you think? You think we're good? Only on Nia Jax's OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, have you subscribed yet, Sal? <clears throat> I believe you mean have you resubscribed yet? Somebody made a comment on. Um, I believe it was WrestleFap on one of her pitches. And it was like, she needs to lose 50 to 75 pounds. And then somebody else put, you got to put a one in front of those numbers. Jesus. That's fucking rude. Hey, Sal, so all, all these... I'm all not these the one wrestling... who made the comment. I'm just saying. No, but you thought it was funny because you're a horrible person. I know. Um, all, these, uh, all these wrestling chicks with their OnlyFans, if you could pick one and you had to subscribe to one, who's you picking? who are you picking? Hmm. Probably Scarlet. Eh, okay. My who you Adam? I'm so so. I'm gonna surprise you. I'm gonna go with Paige Van Zant because you're gonna see some titties. Sure. You're not gonna see like fucking. So you're assuming that we we're not gonna see Scarlet's titties? Yeah. No, you're not. You're going to see Instagram fucking bikini photos. Well, like you said, those subs go down, those clothes come off. I don't think Scarlett's going to go that route. Tony is. Mm, implied nudity. I got nipple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that wraps it up. It's like as good a place to end as any. Sal. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for being on tonight. Yay. Hey, Adam, where can fans see you live? Uh, this Friday at the Elks Lodge in Hudson, Mass. For, uh... Elks on fire! (laughs) Pro Wrestling Star Clash 7, I think it is. I think it's number 7. Uh, and then I'm off till... I can... June, no, June 18th. I'm off till forever now. Uh, <laughs> June 18th, I'm way the fuck up in Maine. Are you going to Limitless? No, it's... Uh, no, that's actually the name of the event, way the fuck up in Maine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maine event. Maine event wrestling. Cousin Larry presents way the fuck up in Maine. <laughs> that, yeah, the NAWA presents. Um, then I got nothing in July. Anyway. Ah. Get us home, I guess. I guess that means we will run your ass down next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the salser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>